Welcome to The Breach, a Charlie Mike podcast. I'm Ty Braxton, and I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen in today. We're a group of Christians that discuss issues surrounding us today and how to build our faith and strengthen our walk with the Lord. We want to provide you with tools so that you can Charlie Mike. Charlie Mike is better understood as continue mission, and we want you to be able to Charlie Mike in your own mission field. Let's get started. All right, tonight we have myself, Ty, Daniel, Jason, Chris, uh, Bob, and we have a guest tonight uh ben ballard he is here this is daniel's brother yeah yeah Yeah. and we got a testimony from him that applies to the topic tonight which is overturning the occupying force we need to realize that uh as it is in heaven it should be here on earth Uh, we can challenge anything that is not kingdom centered more churches are more concerned with when they get to heaven or christ's return than they are with accessing the Holy Spirit who is here right now, or than they are with getting the victory right now. So um, we need to realize that we're born into war. What do you guys think? Amen. Well, first off, I just want to say thank you, bro, for coming on the podcast. Yes. Absolutely. Like, this is crazy. Our very first guest. Like, yes. This is awesome. Ooh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? This, this is the one that, that we should have had. Yeah, like, we yeah. should have had him here already. Yeah, but, agree. But, yeah, um, yeah, Ben, you're awesome, dude. Well, I appreciate it. And y'all had, to, I guess, y'all had to make up for it not having a guest yet, so you went for the two XL. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I mean, not to lie, two XL. I hadn't seen that since middle school. But anyway, <laughs> well, well, uh, honestly, one of the most uh, like. First off, one of the most kind-hearted people I know. Oh yeah, who yeah. Uh, I've had the privilege of doing ministry work with, and uh, got to pray with, and got to uh, hang out with on many occasions, and uh, who is not just like has one of the biggest hearts I've ever seen in my life, but also is one of the most physically strong people I've ever met in my oh, life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only person that I know that I, whenever you're worried about getting a car out of a ditch, you call Ben, you don't call the record. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you need, you need, uh, I mean, the Lord provides. Uh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> I mean, that is true. That day you pulled Tanya's car out of the ditch, dude. Oh, I wait a minute. I've, I've not heard about shoes. pulling. <laughs> it was worth it though. I um, thought that was just an expression, but you literally no, no, he literally oh no, did it. facts. Oh, wow. He yeah, literally pulled facts. the car. Like he literally bent down, grabbed a hold of the bumper, pulled it up, yeah. took two steps to the left, and sat it down. Yeah, because where they were all parked in that driveway, nobody saw that where she pulled over was practically a swamp. Yeah. So when my self and my blessed assurance stepped onto it, I was like knee deep. Yeah, he was. And so when we first pulled up and I looked at that car, I was like, is their ditch just that deep? And I was like, oh, no. That's like to the axle mud. Yeah. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess we'll see what it's made of. And no, I mean, it wasn't moving. And I had done that with uh, Dad's Taurus. Mm-hmm. When we tried to get out of Bonitot because yeah. that S-curve never sees sun in the winter. Yeah. And wow. there was already, and if you go off the side, you're talking 30, 35 feet down at, at like a real harsh angle and then trees. Yeah. <laughs> and this lady had slid off and stopped right when her car was about to slide off. And the wrecker put, went to pull her out and we're stuck. And the guy gets out of his record, takes two steps and goes 
right up in there, right down on his back. Oof. And I, and he got up, but I was like, he ain't happy. Probably gonna charge double now. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was like, well, um, let me see if I can. And I got out and grabbed the front end of Dad's car, and I was like, well, when I yell at you, you know, the window down, hit the gas, and turn the wheel all the way to the left. And it was front wheel drive, and so. I yanked it, moved, and we went home. I mean, we didn't get to go to town, but yeah, better than wrecking the car and getting That's stuck. Right. Yeah, and, and and one thing, if you're going into battle, yeah, you look at Ben. That's the guy you want going into battle with. Yeah, but it, a lot of people just by looking at him, you know, he's a strong dude. But from a spiritual standpoint, I mean, the Holy Spirit speaks through him all the time oh yeah. yeah and it's it and when he's speaking if you're standing there it's speaking the spirit speaks to spirit you're getting that download yeah. through him so it's just you're, you want to go into battle on both fronts there with the yeah. physical and the spiritual yeah absolutely i can i can tell you countless times of encouragement that came from him and just i mean growing up with him uh ben is i mean we had a an awesome childhood, like in my in my eyes, when I look back at everything that went on and just how God directed our family from Texas all the way to Virginia mm-hmm. and just his provision. But, man, yeah, he's definitely a great big brother and as well a great, like, spiritual brother. Um, he's always encouraging, always lifting other people up. Um, I've never seen anybody fight for anybody else like I've seen the way him fight for other people when it comes to lifting each other up and not – tolerating bullcrap you know from the enemy like when stuff's going on and people are you know unsure about things you can be sure that ben is sure about it there's a quote i'm I'm a lord of the rings guy i love lord of the rings amen (laughs) all right let's go but uh ben ben's that no nonsense guy so you're gonna get that tonight when we're talking about you know over overtake uh, overturning the occupying force um king theoden was like, I will not risk open war. Um, and Aragorn's like, the open war is upon you whether you want want to risk it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of people were sitting back saying, oh, if, if I don't step out of my house or step out of my church or step out of my comfort zone, then the devil's not going to attack me. And I've had conversations with Ben where it's just like, you know, I'd, I was working on a construction site with him. I'm like, I don't know if I should do that. He's like, you got to get it done whether you want to or not. Like, it's got to get done. We can't hang this door or we can't put up this gate or we can't put up this wall unless this is done first. So let's learn how to do it if you're not comfortable with it. So it's one of those no-nonsense things that we as Christians need to listen to that voice. Yeah, And absolutely. say, it's time to step out. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Well, honestly, it's it's something that it's funny you brought up Lord of the Rings and very shortly after that scene um, it's been something that when I'm looking back whether joking or serious when it comes to things of God you know either God is who he is or he ain't either yeah, the Bible's yeah. truth or it's true or it's not right. it's black and white so which one am I going to choose and if I choose to follow God you know there's no halfway doing it or you're, or you're just not doing it. Yeah. And yeah. one of my favorite quotes, like I said, either whether, whether in humor, which it's hilarious when it's said, but very seriously that, that I've kind of lived by in some way is Gimli looks <laughs> to them and they're all like worried and they're going to charge the, the gates of Mordor and they're back in 
uh, Rohan, and, and and it's the same type setup, but it's like a second version of that scene. Mm-hmm. And he he's looking at it, and they're all worried, and he's like, "There's, you know, this, uh, you know, super small chance of success, almost certain death." And he just kind of <laughs> oh yeah shrugs, and he goes, "Well, what are we waiting for?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And for me, where that ties in spiritually is that the third part of that that he doesn't say which is with god who cares what i'm against all things are so possible. no matter right. what comes up it's like there's no chance to win or almost none and then uh, you know what are we gonna do it's like oh that's right i'm working with god eh, let's go yeah <laughs> let's i don't know how hold. it's gonna work yeah. I, you know <laughs> i don't come i don't know if i'm gonna even come back with all my parts but um i know he's gonna work it out and I mean, he can make new parts. So what are we worried about? Yeah, right. Right. So. absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the attitude you need when you're overturning the occupying force. That's, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Yeah. That's a David and Goliath attitude. Yeah. Like, yeah, it really is. I don't care. He's bigger. I don't care. He, they say he's stronger. I don't mm-hmm. care. But guess who I got? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nothing compares. Let's do it. Let's go. If that's all I got. I got it. Yep. So that's a one takes a thousand, you know, two takes 10,000 mentality right there. That is definitely the way to go. As someone who's studied way too much nature and you think about David, I'd much rather go toe to toe barehanded with a giant, you know, 12, 15 foot tall than a 500 pound African lion or a grizzly bear. (laughs) Yeah. And those are the things he whooped first. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. it's like, oh, you did that. And now it's, oh, what's that, a human? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's like going into the cave of Adullam and, yeah. and all the mighty men and their feats are the same. <laughs> so you have dudes who are used to wrestling bears and, yeah. and fighting lions. And like these dudes, there ain't nothing that can stand against them. A mighty, a mighty army like that, that are used to like, I mean, they got, they, you know, refine their chops on this stuff they, oh yeah this is this is battle hardened in the furnace yeah mm. yeah and you got me yeah you got me on the barbarian way <laughs> and i got another quote from that uh erwin said uh barbarians are not welcome among the civilized and they're feared mm. among the domesticated wow so we got people that are super comfortable where they're yeah. at they don't want to move because it requires the work and i was reading the beatitudes the other day um a lot of people like going to the Beatitudes because it's, you know, blessed is, blessed is, and they love those blessed verses. And a lot of them are taken out of context. Yeah. You know, because it's true. Once again, most of the time, the blessed is from an action yeah. from that believer. Um, but he, he doesn't say blessed are the peace lovers. Right. Mm-mm. He said blessed are the peacemakers. Bro. Yep. The makers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, that's been stirring in my heart for months, dude. That yeah, phrase, man. "Blessed are the peacemakers," dude. And well. there's got there's action. There's action behind that. Blessed are the peacemakers. People just scan <laughs> over that stuff. They don't. Yeah. They don't, yeah. They don't study that word "makers." You have to make something happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You can't, you can't do that sitting on the bench like we talked about last right. week. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, exactly. It's funny because speaking of like the occupying force, you know. Yeah, man. Like we are conquerors because that's that scripture says we are more than yeah which is the after we conquer part yeah right see you have to be able 
to be an offensive weapon to conquer. And you ain't going to do that. Well, going back to last podcast, you ain't going to do that on the bench. Yeah. You're going to do that basically like, you know, cutting your teeth on lions and bears. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you ain't going to do that from back there, hanging out, looking at maybe Saul's daughter going, Oh, that's a pretty lady. You know, you're going to do that being on the front, cutting your teeth on lions and bears. Things that are way more, way more deadly than, I don't know, that eight and a half foot giant over there (laughs) sitting there talking his trash. Yeah. And usually the ones that are over there talking their trash, they got more to say than they can actually put effort behind. Yeah. You know, to kind of bring multiple things that I know some of us have pretty much all of us have studied together and kind of a synopsis of all that. If you want to be the one that goes into a pit on a snowy day, Mm -hmm. after a lion, you've got to be the barbarian who cuts their teeth on things with teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's good. In times of peace, all you do is become pieces. Yeah. And, and if you don't stay refined, if you don't, and like with something I've told Daniel multiple times when he was being sent out, if you don't stay in the fire, yeah. Not only do you not get refined, not only do you get pre- not get prepared, you get cold. That's yeah. Right. Amen. You get brittle. And, Amen. And that's worthless. Dude, before we started this, I remember that video I posted on Facebook. Uh, like the while one we were in your van, yeah. The one I was in my van, the kids were screaming, so I had to get in the van. <laughs> they were outside playing and stuff. And I was just, it was when COVID first hit and yeah. they put us on quarantine. I got sent home from uh, the college I was working at, and you know, everybody's like, Oh, what do we do? You know, oh, I'm at home and I don't want to get sick. And because it was new, yeah, that was, it was yeah. like brand new to us, right? And uh, <laughs> I'm at home and I'm like sitting here having devotions one morning and I just, I I just feel like, oh, the devil thinks he's got everybody where he, where he wants them. Mm. He's at home. They're at home. They can't leave home. They can't do this. They can't, they can't gather together. They can't pour into their businesses. They can't do anything. I've got them like idle. I got them sitting idle. And it bothered me so bad all day. While I was outside playing with the kids, I just walked over to the van, got in the van, and that was just like, I was praying before I posted the video because I was getting really mad. And I was like, you know, God, I know you have something for this season. And just because we're at home doesn't mean we're supposed to be idle. And I was just like, devil, you think that you got us where you want us, but what you don't realize is you just gave me so much time to prepare and to put something together for the kingdom Amen. that I wouldn't yeah. have while I was at work. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't have that time. I was at work, so I didn't have time to do those kind of things. But if you put me in my home and give me weeks, you have no idea what yeah. you've done to yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. good. I mean, even if you flash forward, I mean, uh, Quite a few of us came down with COVID, yeah. right? Quite a right. few of us got mm-hmm. sick. And uh, something that Jason and I were going back and forth on is, you know, devil's playing tricks. He's playing his hand of cards. He's coming out with some very vicious attacks. But think of the fury he is building up yeah. inside of kingdom-minded people. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. You've got oh, yeah. us down right now. But when we yeah. come back, there's going to be hell to pay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you ever hit a bee's nest? 
Yeah. That's what it's like. Yeah. I kicked yeah. one one time. Hey, it's fun. Once. Boom. Oh, let me run now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's exactly what he's doing. So because I mean, I, I think I said it in the video, but when we're on base, if we like overseas, Iraq, Afghanistan, where I was stationed, if we were if we were on base for an extended period of time, and an extended period of time is like a day or two. <laughs> because it's just you're always working but if if you get some downtime it's not time to sulk yeah it's not time to uh count your losses it's time to clean weapons it's time to uh refill rations uh switch out your pair of boots try to get some laundry done really quick eat some chow but you got to be fed. You got to be equipped for the next day. Mm. So when this season is over, is everybody that's listening to this equipped for the next season? Right. That's good. And, and when when you're equipped, you, you're going to be able to overturn the occupying force. And one thing you got to remember, it's going to be intimidating. It's going to be super intimidating when you're looking at it. Because in occupying force, one of the first things that happens during occupying force is they start changing the culture. They, the people that the natives start learning the occupier's language. They start taking on traditions. Mm. They start taking on religions. Wow. They start doing all these things. And we are hearing the voice of the enemy coming through media. We are hearing it in our schools. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Come on. That I mean, cool. we're hearing, we're, we're seeing religious. Mm -hmm. aspect of things that jesus was fighting against in the in the scriptures and traditions i mean anything goes now so we have to in order to retake that territory you have to equip yourself and prepare yourself when there is some downtime yeah we've had a ton of small invasions over time right now they've grown into larger invasions yeah and when you really <clears throat> when you look into how occupations come about it usually originates from an invasion it doesn't just start yeah. off as this, right. this big occupation that the that the force is taking. So uh, these invasions take place. And over time, the invader that's trying to get into the territory, right, they start to show authority. Right. They start to show signs of strength and authority. And that's exactly what we've seen through the media, through sickness, things that we've had going on in the world, through other large topics like abortion, uh, taking prayer out of the schools. Right. Over time, they've taken authority. So now we have to overturn that. Now we have to come against that and remind the occupying force where the authority really lies. Yeah. It's not with the invader. No. It's with those that already had the territory. And the last I checked, that's all ours, right? Yeah. That's, that's the promise yeah. from, from our God, right? That's the promise from the word that we read is that everything is already provided to us. Yeah. So there's no room for this this invasion to take place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've already been given dominion. That's right. I mean, we're we're called to be fruitful and multiply in this yeah, right, right. And to take over everything that God's called us to. And I think now more than ever, we're starting to see people. I mean, people that I've known for years, people that I've known for a while, they're starting to wake up. There's mm -hmm. people that are starting to take notice of what's happening around us and and waking up to the fact that man like what am i doing what is my life really worth am i living my life for a purpose like what's going on around me and that's why i think this is so huge is we've been around the same occupying force for so long and 
when we say occupying force, we're talking about the works of the enemy, which is Satan. And we're talking about demonic strongholds. We're talking about what has happened in our country, what has happened in other countries. Um, and we've been around this force for so long that we've become familiar with it, where we've given it the authority that it is asking of us. Like you're saying time and time again, here, let me push this, push this envelope a little bit. Let me, yeah, let me, yeah. let me push this little legislation bill here. Let me see if I can slide this one under. If the, if the Christians won't say anything or if the church won't rise up, you know, then we when, can, we can grow that a little bit more next time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when COVID first happened and all this stuff started going down and they started telling governors started telling churches and leaders and pastors to shut their doors yeah and commanding them to shut their doors or else they're going to have huge penalties there's going to be fines there's going to be pastors going to jail all this stuff which was a huge egregious sin against what our country yeah. believes in in the freedom of speech and the freedom of religion and here they are doing all this stuff if the church would have rose up collectively across the board, yep. we never would have had well, the issues that we had. Hey, I totally agree. And, and to kind of go along with that, I think that's in that whole, uh, we forget who we're called to be. Right. We forget who we are. We forget we, our authority. We forget our yeah. authority. We forget that we are to bring the kingdom of heaven like here. We are not meant to like basically follow and be idle and be bench sitters furthermore yeah your your governor can draw up all the mandates he wants but a mandate ain't a law first off mm -hmm. and we don't follow your law we follow god's laws yeah and a mandate all it is is saying hey this is a strong suggestion stay at home right yeah they come to your doorstep with anything else. So I think anything constitutional would trump every bit of your strong suggestion. Yeah. And so the I think what it really comes down to is is we forget that we are the army of God because we and and I think that it has the enemy has strategically planned it that way. Yeah. Over time, all we have heard are these great blessing messages, which I'm not gonna downplay any of that. Sometimes we do need a little bit of that. We need to be reminded that we are blessed. Yeah. You know, especially people that may be, you know, in a darker place or maybe dealing with trauma and things like that. They need to be reminded of these great things. But at the same time, you can't keep putting band-aids on wounds from things that are like you should already be relying on God. Yeah, right. That's good. And totally. God is not and and God is not going to sit here and keep calling. Sorry, I'm reading your notes, bro. No, you just reminded me of something I have in my notes that it's super funny, but Chris, I know you got something so, to say first. So, so like you you know, he's calling a a a strong people who know who their God is. Yeah. And I think we're well beyond the point now. Mhm. Mm to where we need to actually like sit here and play patty cake with these things that are, um, I don't know. It's went on far too long. How about yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Is that? Uh, without absolutely. without belaboring the point and dragging it on, is went on far too long. It's time for us to grab up our sword, grab up our shield, know that God's got our back, and charge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's good. So good. Yeah, and I think. Um, Christians need to understand, again, where they stand in their authority. 
they need to come together. Exactly what you just said in scripture to back that, right? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. They Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken, right? Ecclesiastes 4.12, and that's yeah. in the, uh, I read from the New Living Translation. There's yeah. huge number of the Christian folk yeah. that are just not standing up. And there's a lot of reasons and no one that's listening, please, please don't take this as we're coming against any Christians that have fallen into fear, fallen into depression. It's not about that. If you've been on the bench, like we talked about last week, we are not downplaying who you are in Christ. We no. are not trying to talk down about anyone that has fallen into that. Each of us have had our own challenges. Absolutely. What we are saying is this this is a call, kind of like, again, what we said last week. This is a call to the Christian community to say, we are part of God's kingdom. We have a larger calling than just sitting into the background and allowing all of this stuff to take place. To allow your church to be shut down, like Daniel said, should never happen. It's time for the Christian community to stand up and have a voice just as strong as those trying to shut us down. Yeah. 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 Believers are looking to their leaders. Right. Right. And having kids, man, I'm telling you, it opens up so much. Like we, they have stuffed animals that are like Winnie the Pooh stuffed animals. Yeah. All right. I don't let them watch that show. I'm like, Winnie the Pooh, what? I don't want my kids seeing Piglet scared of everything. Mm, right. And and what I'm going with this is I was having devotions the other day and I saw they left like Tigger down here in the basement or something. And I was looking at that. And I was like, how many church leaders? And like Chris said, we're not attacking anybody here. We're trying to pull them out of what they're caught in. Yeah. So they can then overtake right. as well, overturn occupying force. But how many church leaders do we have that are Winnie the Pooh characters? <laughs> yeah. I, you see what I'm saying? Yes, like, I do. We, we got, we got, it, just, it hit me in a weird way where I was like, you got leaders like Piglet. Yeah. They're scared mm-hmm. of everything. You got, yeah. you got leaders, leaders like Eeyore. Like Eeyore. That like, is, yeah. is Depressed yeah. and bringing everybody else down with them. Mm-hmm. You got leaders like Rabbit who are just super bossy. Mm-hmm. Like just, this is the way it's supposed to be with nothing to back it up. Right. We got, and, and I was thinking about it because those characters were trying to help Christopher Robin grow up. Right. Mm. Poor Christopher Robin. Yeah. Man, because yeah. like, yeah. my goodness. Well, I mean, I, think about Pooh alone. He had his eat, hand in the money it. pot. He was, he was just God, filling yeah. himself constantly. I, I, wait a minute. I said money pot. Honey pot. Honey pot. Same thing. Um, <laughs> but like, I just, it's not, it's like we were, when we were talking about the masks, Holy like we spirit. saw some things that were like super funny at the moment, but it wasn't really funny. Bob right. said it, it's sad. Like it grieves yeah. our soul to see this. So we want to pull the person out. Yeah. We want to pull them out of that fear or depression or greed or whatever they're in so that they can experience what, what Christ has for them. Yeah. yeah. And really when you consider it, um, when you kind of take a macro perspective, we're talking about culture and then what is now an occupying force versus who we are as Christians. And there was a time in this country when there was a lot of problems. There was a lot of things that went on that never should have. But there was a time when the church knew who they were. 
right? Yes. And they didn't have maybe the levels of revelation that we may have now. But at the same time, they called that which was wrong, wrong. And when things rose up, they identified it and dealt with it and moved on. And then what was vigilance slowly became intolerance. Yeah. And what was not right suddenly became a different culture or maybe they're just odd. Uh, and they would I didn't get find fun little names instead of calling it what it was. And then what was odd and different became counterculture. And that way it kind of gained its own rogue coolness, you know, where we're different, but not necessarily wrong because mm. it wasn't being called out. Fast forward to right now. A lot of the world in, is seeing Christians as counterculture because yeah. the culture has become the perversion. Yeah, the culture yeah. has become right. what was once called out, and the church has gone so far tolerant. It's kind of like they used to say, uh, I always used to hear it when I was younger, don't get so open-minded that your brain falls out. Mm -hmm. And the church has gone so far that way that it's like, well, you know, used to, we were watchers on the wall, Holy Spirit filled, everybody's got a sword and shield, let's go. And then now, well those relics are put away and we got to handle things with kids gloves and you know with kids gloves you can't really deal with the holy spirit because that's going to burn those things up so you got to kind of work with people in a gentle manner and you don't want to offend them come on and man. the funny thing is about offense and making people uncomfortable there is a way to approach things and there is a way to be too callous but you know you are talking about people warming the bench you never get off the bench if you don't get uncomfortable Right, right. If, yeah. if your butt doesn't start hurting, you don't at least shift around. Yeah. And if you don't shift around, you don't get to change your perspective and maybe decide to get up. And so there is some things that are necessary. And, and, and with some people, they're like, well, let's do this gently with me. Let's glue tacks to the bench and set it on fire. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's that important. Yeah, we're not yeah. we're not you know. here to make everybody comfortable. Some no. things that well, we say it's gonna be offensive yeah. and, and it's not our goal is not to be offensive to those listening. Well our goal is to challenge you. Yeah, truth. we're not doing our job if you're not feeling challenged. And if you're not if you're feeling offense sometimes, that means there's some type of challenge manifesting in your heart. Well the I mean the word, I mean it's the word itself should be challenging. Absolutely. The yeah. word should challenge you so much that it hurts. It should be like a, a cauterization. It should burn those things away yeah. that were never meant to be a part. That's right. And I think now we have grafted so much onto the gospel that we have lost sight of what we were meant to be. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's literally what we heard this past weekend, right? That it right. is what, fully. What Rick Shelton said when yeah. he said, God's hatred for your sin is wrapped up in his infinite love for you. Amen. Yeah. And that's yeah. the God that we need. Yeah. That's the God that we deserve to worship. You know, right. the God that deserves all honor, all glory, all power, all praise. Yeah. The God that the angels are singing, holy, 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 that the right. cherubim have to keep hiding their Come face on. because every on, time man. they see yeah. a glimpse of his glory, they're yeah. shrouding themselves because they just can't take right. it. Right. That's the God that we serve. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The, the God that everything that can be named bows a knee to him. Yes. Like the, the God that eternity serves him. Yeah. 
Like I'm talking about a God that is so infinite. He, you cannot see the end from the beginning, right? The God that is so big, there is nothing that can contain him. Absolutely. See, and, and that goes to just like what Ben was saying is that the church, you know, is a, basically what you say, what we're saying is the church is playing church mm-hmm. and yeah. they're submitting to people to please them. Well, I, I got a, 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 a download from Holy Spirit and it, and I, you know, I felt it. He said, if you are not submitting to me, God, then don't expect the enemy to be afraid of you. Wow. By submitting yourself to God, you're addressing yourself in my power. And one glance from the enemy will have them running. Yeah. So if a church will, will, will submit to God fully and, and not the world or people around them. Yeah. Let's not care about what we do. Just let's go in for God. Everything else will come. And once we do that, we ain't got to worry about any kind of, of hardship when we're trying to overtake any kind of territory or region or whatever it is, if it's personal or, you know, regional, mm-hmm. you ain't got to worry about that because you have got, you have submitted to God fully. And he has already said here, I'm clothing you with my presence. You're going forth. It's just basically you're walking into a fight as me. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he's going to see me. And when he sees me, all he does is tremble. Cause last time he saw me, I kicked him out of heaven. I mean, right. Basically now he see my foot. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Man, I got this written down, Jason. I wrote this down this morning, but uh, it says faith doesn't make things easy, but it does make things possible. Faith gives access to God's power if we are willing, or if we are living in His will, which is submission to His will. Mm, right. So that submission word came up with you too, but I just thought it was funny that. I've even heard it this week. You hear it so much. You know, people always say, well, the truth will set you free. Um, and that's in John eight thirty two. But if there's a truth to set you free, then there's a lie that needs but to, to bind be, you. That, <laughs> yeah, that we need to bind. Yeah. There's a lie yeah. that we need to bind. And, and Darren Way was talking about uh, when he was here, was it two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. And he was talking about Job. And how people always talk about, oh, you know, Job suffered so much. He suffered this and he suffered that. And his family was dying and his crops were failing and he lost his home and everything. And he just had the, those friends, I guess you want to call them, that were just, oh, it's because you're sinning. Oh, it's because you're a screw up. Oh, it's, you know, God's punishing you and all this stuff. But nobody wants to talk about how when he, when he kept going back to God, when, when he got his victory, mm-hmm. he got a double portion of what he had before that attack. Yeah, and what absolutely. you want to bet? Nobody those, wants to talk about that. Why? Right, right. What you want to bet? Those friends were at the barbecue. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. And 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 Darren Way actually said this. Um, he said many people say, "Come, Lord Jesus," not because they want to be in His presence but because they want to escape their problems. Wow. God doesn't call the church to survive. He calls the church to thrive. And I was like, slow down, Darren. (laughs) I was taking some notes. I can't write fast enough. He was, he was on fire that night. And that's why we were all like, you guys getting this? (laughs) Because this is exactly where we're at right now. Yeah. I feel that a lot of times when they're, and, and you know, with the church today is that, I think they're afraid. 
you know, a lot of churches are afraid to take that step because they're afraid to, to feel what's going to come after them. You know, what attack is going to happen to us if we step out and we go forth and, and, and fight, you know, come on an enemy. Okay. And here is, here is, is something that, you know, uh, Kim Owens, doorkeepers of revival book, y'all check this out. She says many times pastors and believers are not aware that their cry for more of God comes with more warfare. There are some not aware of it, then there are some that are aware of it and just don't take the step out. But then it says, their cry for more awakens a principality they've not met before. The devil doesn't come announcing himself. It will be in ways or through people we never dreamed, but he will weave his way into our minds, lives, and churches for one purpose. He wants the, your authority, which that's how he gets it. And it is said that the devil comes to steal and the only reason you steal something is because you don't have it. And he didn't have it, so he has to take it. So, honestly, he's he's taken something that already belonged to us. Of course, we know that. Mm-hmm. And and if it already belonged to us, we should already feel comfortable knowing that we felt that and we know it's ours. Then that makes sure we fight harder mm-hmm. to go back and get it. Yeah. Because I'll, 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 I'll go and I'll say this. I don't like a thief. Mm-mm. I don't like somebody that takes Mm-mm. something that's not theirs. If it be like shoplifting or if it be just credit, you know, I, I don't like a thief. And if you're going to take something that belongs to me, mm-hmm. you better be ready for me to come back and get it. Right. And come back harder than, you know, than, you know, me wanting it more than I had it before. I'm going to want it more now than I already had it. So I'm going to come back with bigger force, bigger people stronger unity and you know it, it's 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 bad for you i mean mm-hmm. and sometimes i laugh and think does he not know what he does when he messes with the wrong church but that, you know? that's just the thing and, and christian said it last week right you can't take something you didn't give to me right god gave us this authority luke ten nineteen. yeah i give you the authority to tread on snakes and scorpions yeah no harm is going to come to you. And I mm. may have that a little off, but there is no harm that can come to us. No. We should not fear anything. We've already been given the authority. The enemy can't take that from us. We just forget that because a circumstance comes up and the circumstance overpowers the authority that we should already know that we have. Yeah, right. right. Because that? it's yeah. so blinding at the time. What was that Jesus said? He, he told his disciples, like, all they can do is kill you. Yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> but where are you going? But you're gonna yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's funny. It's, and Jason was talking about territory, you know, and and when you're taking back that territory, it should light a fire so so hot that you know you can go take territory that God may have never been in in the world, like mm-hmm. people who've never heard His name. That's what I mean by that. And there's I got one more movie quote. <laughs> I got it's a movie I grew up with. I think I've watched it a hundred times. Wind Talkers. Okay. Oh yeah. It's a good um, movie. Where the I think it was the gunnery sergeant. He was up there kind of firing his guys up, and he said, uh, "Now Saipan is Japanese soil, soil, and there's thirty thousand of them dug in. They're going to fight for every square inch because it's their home. But we're gonna take it away from them." There you mm, go. Dang. Yeah. And I was just like, man. Well, <laughs> that fired me up because yeah. there's gonna be places that. There are people who have never heard the name of Jesus. Right. And that's where we're kind of mm-hmm. 
taking Charlie and Mike. That's what our goal is, is to let every person hear the name of Jesus. Yeah, that's right. And the devil's not going to give it up easily. No. Right. But we're going to take We're going to drive that anyway. force out. Yeah. 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 The yeah. kingdom of heaven's been suffering violence, but the violent take, take it by, it by force. force. Exactly. Man. All right. Yeah. Now, I'm going to go into something right from that. And that means you got to go into a place that you're not comfortable with. Right. right. Mm. I'm going to I'm going to just take a, a, a scenario from the Bible and just just get it from my understanding. OK, Jesus was up there and he knew they were coming for him. Mm-hmm. OK, Jesus knew he wasn't an accident that he was a wanted man. He knew he was a wanted man. He knew he was wanted and that. They would come for him, and he knew exactly where they would come for him. So he, being more intelligent in battle, let them take him because he knew the only way to defeat the enemy, he had to go into the heart of the enemy's camp, which is the territory that he had to go to to get the authority back. He knew that he needed to be led straight to the center of chaos and did not cower out. So in order to overturn an occupying force at that time, which was our authority given back to us, he sometimes we have to align ourselves in a position where the enemy thinks he has us mm-hmm. in his grasp. Yeah. And just like Jesus, once we're there, we rip it back and we go, I mean, we're going to the center. We're just, we're, we're invading it, but we know we have to go into the chaos. Into the storm, yeah. man. The, the yeah. hard stuff. I mean, you have to be prepared. Like, okay, you know, Go throw up if you have to in the trash can. Go do what you want to do. But you ready to go? Are you ready to go into this mess? Are you ready to go into this 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 hellfire? Because that's where you got to go to get it back. Yeah. And it's it's overtaking the occupying force. It's not like oh hey um can you sign that over to me and give it back to me? No no. It's like I need that back. I want it back. And if you're not gonna give it to me back, be prepared for me to take it back. I think yeah. right now is a good time to talk about with your testimony. Been because yeah I was I was because now that you just said that kind of going in and taking it back, um, I think it's important to realize I have have it written down. Um, in Revelation nineteen ten it says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. If you have experience, and people are always like, well, you know, that's talking about you know the death and resurrection and maybe the life of Jesus and all this stuff. And I'm saying if you've experienced salvation and freedom and encounter. In this life, then that's part of that testimony, because yeah, he's still yeah. wor- he's still working. True. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, the evidence of his work exactly. is a testimony. That's that's a yeah. testimony, and and it's prophetic, because people who have heard that testimony can hold on to that, and it can lead others to salvation, freedom from bondage. It can lead them to an encounter with God, and when that becomes tangible, you can respond to that like Ruth did. Yeah. You know, like. I'm going to go with you. Yeah. I'm going to leave everything. That's why testimony is so important. She's, she knew Ruth, uh, Ruth knew Naomi's, um, testimony. And even after everything she saw Naomi go through a lot of people today have been like, I am staying away from you. You were bad luck. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But Ruth saw the testimony. She knew Naomi's God. So she went with it. Mm -hmm. She said, I'm going with you. And I think people out there, especially right now, need to hear that testimony, Ben. Okay. Well, um, it's kind of funny because I was sitting here. I had a few thoughts and it all kind of goes together. So I'll give you all actually two testimonies, real short, small one. Um, When he mentioned in that book 
talking about when, you know, you're calling for something, you're calling for God and you're actually calling in more of a fight. Mm -hmm. Um, the other version of that is what I grew up with was that when you ask God for something, be careful because the way you're probably going to get it is he's going to give you the conditions to develop it. Mm. Yeah. And the short testimony for me was me being in high school, trying to do things right, trying to deal with a bunch of stuff. And at that time, pastor Carrie, who's now apostle Carrie, um, he was my cell group leader. Those became pulse groups. So, you know, it's been a little, been a minute. Yeah. Um, been a few years. Yeah. And he told me because I was just, you know, I've, I, young and dumb, I thought that I had at least a little bit of something kind of possibly figured out. And he's like, be careful what you pray for. (laughs) He says, because God's probably going to give you the way to develop that, not what you're asking for. Because at the time I was like, God, everything's great. Just all I really need in trying to be humble is patience. Mm. And we prayed for that. And he laughed Jesus. every time we prayed, but he prayed for that like five or six times where he's like, okay, if that's what you want, I said, that's really all I need. You know, y'all got a prayer request patience. I mean, it was a broken record. And from then on for a good minute, I got every possible way to develop patience. <laughs> and I was so glad that God had worked a grace in me at a young age and got rid of rage mm. and anger issues because yeah. had he not prepared me then, when those conditions came up, it had been like, instead of going in at entry-level training, I'd have been going in at a master's course mm. because I'd have probably killed somebody. I mean, yeah. there at a time, I'd have probably just beat them to death with my hands <laughs> because I was dealing with some spiritual stuff at the time, didn't know it was some spiritual stuff. Wow. Until the world figured out that medication couldn't fit, couldn't fix it. And it came down to a young man talking to God and going, either you do it, Come or on. it ain't getting done. And right. it got done. And that, that's the exact and, mentality that it yeah. takes to overturn the occupying force. Exactly. Unrelenting faith, knowing that God's word mm-hmm. is what's going to overcome. Not the world's words. No. Yeah. Not medicine and no. all this other stuff. Yes, there are medicines out there. Sometimes oh. people are going to have to have medicine, right, for certain things. But that's not the cure-all fix-all. No. no. So I was just saying that's a testimony as in when you pray, pray with <laughs> pray with direction, but no. Disclaimer, asterisk on the side. <laughs> and then what you're asking for, you're probably just really asking for the way to develop it. Yeah. 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 And, that's, and that's a good thing because wow. you should go into that head first, but don't be ignorant. Yeah. There's yeah. a difference between it being ignorant and stupid. Being ignorant just ain't knowing. Being stupid is, is not trying to know or willfully trying not to know yeah so you know pick your battles um but in in reference to what i'm supposed to be talking about this evening um back in january actually uh, my wife and i got sick and she always you know as it has been so far uh, if i get something she gets like the much lower dose so so that's a blessing thank god because i need if it really hits me I don't ever get sick. So when something happens, it's, it's obviously an attack. It's obviously something out of the norm. Um, I've had stuff. I see people go out for weeks and, you know, I eat some Taco Bell, a little extra hot sauce, take a nap, wake up and I'm good. 
So yeah. for me to go down, it really catches my attention. And uh, back in January, something hit, and I, between the intense sickness, which is a bit vivid to discuss right now, on into the hacking cough that felt like it stopped my heart, um, that was the month of January. Mm. And it was horrible. And uh, But I recovered, and I felt great. And I saw it as an attack, but then all of a sudden, February, March area, starts hearing about this COVID-19, Wuhan virus, and all these names are given it, and I'm just seeing an attack against our nation. And uh, I was like, well, great, I already had it. So I'm good, I got immunity. And uh, went on from there and stayed healthy all year. We were around places where there were people later, they were like, oh, they had it. And I was like, well, I don't care, I'm immune. Yeah, I'm good, not only in the physical, but where it counts in the spiritual. Because I know God's report. Amen. <laughs> uh, so all year, everything's great. And then come December, you know, we just moved into our new house. I didn't really unpacked much. And all of a sudden, Jen and I both get this fever. I'm like, well, this is stupid. I mean, did she catch it from one of those kids at the school? Kids are always nasty and making people sick <laughs> kids are disgusting somebody didn't creatures, wash their man. hands and there are petri dishes you know, uh, no, for sure. you never you never know so i was like maybe i don't know and then i had to mean medically they'd be worried because i told the doctor he made some faces but i was like yeah fever was like 101 then hit 103 104 and he's like you didn't go to the hospital I like, no, i was hot uncomfortable but i could eat I, you know I, I was having a hard time sleeping but you know, it's just a fever, no big deal. And it lasted all week. And I'm like, all right, well, I've already prayed against this, but um, I'm healed. I know the truth. And uh, this ain't no big deal. And Sunday hit and it broke. I was like, ha, that's what you get. And I didn't want, I was trying to be nice. So I was like, I ain't going to go, I'm not going to go to church because it just broke. And last thing I want is to try to pass on something that's the opposite of a blessing. And it's like, as much as I hate it, I, I'm going to try to be wise. And I still, at times, was like, man, I wish I'd at least just parked in the parking lot or something, you know. But <laughs> um, it's like, all right, cool. Well, Monday morning, Jennifer, you know, she's fine. She's been checked. No, no fever. The schools are really big on checking people. No problems. And, uh, you know, she was a little, she had a little shortness of breath, but it was nothing more than, hey, you've had a fever all week. Maybe you need to kind of take it a little slow but she went to work and i was just like man really uncomfortable in the living room i'm just gonna walk to the kitchen maybe get some coffee or something not even really that hungry even though my sense of taste and hunger never abated i just was you know trying not to eat chili dogs the whole time i was trying to eat some soup <laughs> and be nice to my body and take extra vitamins <laughs> but uh i made it halfway before my vision turned sideways like the whole room just spun before me and thank god for physical strength and reflexes from sports and from some fighting that i did young and a bunch of things culminated to where i didn't hit the floor i'm 415 I hit the floor different than some people. <laughs> yeah. I got hardwood floors too, so they ain't even a rug. It's just you and, and oak, wood. Oak, and oak that's been there since 28. Dang. So it's uh it's something. And uh 
I even noticed when I moved into that house, there are handrails everywhere. <laughs> they came into handy later. But um, I grabbed the walls and kept myself from hitting and made my way to a chair, dragged it over to me. And uh, I was just just faster than the hyperventilating. And I mean, I've, I've lifted cars, I've lifted heavy weight, I've played sports, I've pushed until they thought I was going to have a heat stroke. And I've pushed until they check my pulse and they're like, dude, your pulse is like 190 right now. You need to really take a breather for the next 10 minutes. And it was nothing like that. Like wow. I just couldn't get air. And as someone who's played sports and done that, and not on the flip side, what doesn't match, who's been in choirs and sang opera even and done stuff, I know how to breathe. I know how to diaphragmatically breathe, as they say, from breathing from way down low. And I actually have really good lung capacity. So it's all of a sudden, nothing's working. All the switches are off. And I was like, this ain't God's will. And I don't want to die. And I don't believe I'm going to die. But I believe this is serious. And I called mom and dad. And I was like, uh, I think this is bad enough. It warrants the ER. So I was like, this is this is kind of important. Plus, I can be really honest, I'm alone. My wife's at work in an environment I can't really call her. And if I could call her, she can't pick me up. She might pick a leg up, but she ain't going to pick me up. <laughs> and especially after being sick a week, she might get an arm at that, not even a leg. So, I mean, I need, I need like six powerlifter dudes right now who care about me. And uh, so I... Man, I was talking to God right away, but I was like, hey, I think I need to go to the ER. Why don't you call an ambulance? I was like, can y'all just come get me? As I mean, it's going to do the same thing. And honestly, it's stupid to spend that much money. I mean, I just, I need help. And uh, dad rushed right over. And in those moments before he got there, um, I knew that if I didn't take some things with me, I wasn't going to have it, and it could make the difference in life and death or in financial problems. Here I am trying to be the husband, trying to be the head of the household yeah. while also trying to survive, and I knew, crap, my clothes and shoes are upstairs. I'm in a two-story house with a finished basement, but my phone charger, that it should be so important, is in the basement. So for somebody who just made it 18 feet, and nearly hit the floor, I now need to climb the stairs, dress myself, climb back down, climb back down another set with low head clearance. So don't knock myself out in the wall. Get my phone charger and my wallet that was also down there and then get back upstairs and be able to open the door because they don't have a key. And then lock the door so no one steals stuff from my house to go to the hospital. And I did. And I couldn't hear hardly anything for the my heart and my ears. And I was so mm. thankful that I had endurance and strength built from many things that I was able to do it. But I've never redlined like that before. Yeah. Like I was like, dear God, please don't let me also have a heart attack, you know, or blow a valve because it felt like, you just dumped all the nitrous and all the boost and the pedals welded to the floor, but I made it. And then I noticed when I got to the door to, to get outside to dad, 
had a little breath, just enough. And looking back, I could see that as an initial provision. I didn't see it at the time. I was just like, ooh, I can see straight. I don't have to close one eye and yeah, grab everything. Yeah. So fast forward, uh, we make it to the ER. And dad pulls up and is like, hey, run inside. <laughs> you know, Get inside of the door and let them know what's going on. Open the doors. Nobody's at the counter. <laughs> All there is is a sign that says, hey, uh, check in at our kiosk ring the bell i was like i'm gonna throw the kiosk through the window with my last breath (laughs) you you about to wear the kiosk you know (laughs) you're gonna know i'm here i was like and i install doors i know how these work i could rip these open by force and by knowledge like you're this isn't gonna work and uh i got to the door and as soon as somebody stepped out of a room wearing a coat i hit the door and the guy jumped turned around i was like he ran over the doors what's wrong as if I don't look like, you know, death trying to take me and it's not gonna, uh, dude, I can't breathe and I'm about to hit the floor. So in his little bit of wisdom he had in the moment, grabbed a wheelchair cause he couldn't have picked me up and none of the nurses I saw could have picked me up. They got me back to a room and I was able to, with the last bit I could breathe, jump into the bed for them. So they didn't have to load me. And, uh, they immediately swabbed me for COVID. They immediately put me on oxygen. And as for someone who can normally do a lot by my own, I would found myself on tubes and hoses and watching all this stuff go on. And uh, for anybody that's medical, they started me as initial treatment with a high flow nasal cannula. So double hose up the nose, wide open. I think that's 15 units or 15 liters of oxygen. It's the ho- it's the connection in the wall all the way, to, as they said, turn it to 11. It's all the way open. Mm-hmm. Next thing is break the valve. That wasn't enough. So they had to hook up into the other emergency supply and put the mask with a non-rebreather bag on me and turn that all the way open. So now I'm getting 30. I'm getting double. And they're uh, kind of worried. But they check my, right as they're doing this, they check my blood oxygen content. And they're like, oh, that might be the problem. You're at like 50. And I was like, that doesn't mean anything to me. I was like, what's that, half full? And they're like, no, nah, normal's 95 to 100. 50's like dead. Dead. <laughs> and then they're like, and you're talking coherent Jeez. and answering. You, don't, you know where you are. <laughs> you know like what date it is, you know, your birthday, like all this stuff, you shouldn't be conscious. Thank you, Jesus. And you're just talking to us like you're good. And I'm like, I'm not good, but (laughs) uh, this is better. Now that you turn this fire hose of air in my face, like I could actually start to get a little bit of a breath. And uh, funny thing, never had a CAT scan. Uh, The one at the ER, I found out, a little smaller than the one at the hospital. So by the time I laid in the bed, they made me hang halfway off of it. So I had to like reverse plank and hold my feet up. And I'm like, this is great. I can't breathe. And I got to do abs. (laughs) 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 Ain't this something? I was like, it's like the first stage of like check-in room to hell. That (laughs) as a larger guy who likes to power lift and definitely doesn't like cardio. 
oh yeah by the way you got to do leg lifts can i ask you a question so, real quick yeah just not trying to no you like, but um all right two things real quick yeah as uh being someone who has had multiple cat scans in the last couple mm-hmm. of years um and given your stature mm-hmm. um how in the world could you stand <laughs> getting through that tube like like it, <sighs> well the first that was my first one and i will say the one at the hospital is bigger not a lot the bed's longer and the hole in the machine is slightly the bigger. one up upstairs yeah, the, radiology. One, the one in actual radiology yeah, yeah yeah and not on the er next to well the satellite er next to the panera bread right you know which (laughs) all i watched the building get built and i'm like i don't look like nothing but an urgent care but no it's an uh it's an emergency room and i was in there with an emergency but no that was the thing when they got me in there and i got myself into that thing even though they were trying to do the whole thing like put the bed in pull the arms down yeah and they're like they're gonna and lift you over no they figured out that that wasn't in God's will for their life <laughs> right? or their lumbar. And right. uh, they're like, can you? And I'm like, will that handle break off if I grab it on the other side of the bed? And they're like, no. And I grabbed it and I said, you li- you pull here. And I lifted my own back up and grabbed and one arm curl pulled myself across <laughs> into bed and then moved myself. And they're like, Wow, that was way easier. Oh, yeah. The next, the, the way to fit. Of course, they're like, well, you don't fit in the machine normally. And like we do often have people just the the way they want to scan. If they can have the mobility, they prefer you to put your arms over your head. Right. But some people are, depending on your body size, they don't even ask. But when I got in in the CAT scan, I had to put my hands straight up over my head. Like I was trying to muffle myself with my own arms. And then when I went in the machine... I was asking them as they started to move me. I was like, uh, let me ask you something. Never been here. Forgive my ignorance. If I touch the machine, does that matter? Well, no. I said, good, because I'm about to put like rub lines all the way down. Through this thing. <laughs> yeah, it was that and, big donut. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. donut went through and yeah. I was a little sweaty. That was slightly helpful. And then, <laughs> and then I, the little bit of fabric that I had yeah. around me. I slid my rib cage, not my fat or muscle. I, it was my bones of my rib cage yeah. slid right past that ring. Yeah. And so, you, you guys don't understand that. If you want, I've been, I've been in a few cat scans. Yeah. So I, and they're, they're uncomfortable just yeah. being yeah. my size. Exactly. <laughs> so that was my I'm whole like, point. man, this is like being born all over again. Yeah. <laughs> so, for anybody that's like, oh no, I'm, I'm afraid of tight places, look. It's a foot or two thick. You're fine. Yeah. You can see light. I it's mean, not an MRI scan. No. And then yeah. on top of that, if I go in, yeah. you can fit. Yeah. You'll be fine. So my second so, part of that question, yeah. actually uh, more God related, but um, because I like, was it humbling? Like in that moment, like, I mean, because you are uh, as knowing you like, mm-hmm. And like we had talked about earlier, like I see you as that you've already cut your teeth fighting bears and lions. So, so in that moment, whenever you are there and um, you're on like, 
you know, oxygen and things like that. Like, do you see it at, I mean, is it humbling for you knowing that you have to rely so hard, like on God at this moment? Cause like it's, it's counter. Well, for me, what, my natural thing all throughout the hospital that I had to deal with was I'm used to helping people and it, as much as I can and yeah. to whatever knowledge that I have that won't hurt them instead right. of help them. So allowing all these people to help me to some extent was uncomfortable. Yeah. But then on top of it, um, I knew like going to the ER, I was like, I must be here right now. Yeah. But honestly, when I went to the ER, I wasn't thinking hospital. I was thinking I'm going to go there. They're going to find out why I can't breathe. Um, I'm sitting there thinking of it myself, you know, with a mom that was a, an EMT for forever. Right. And then who was a lab tech and phlebotomist for a long time. And she's always been the one I reached out to immediately for, for medical. And then with Celeste being so high up over at the VA, now I can reach out to her and minor sidebar. She was one of my biggest advocates the entire time I was in the hospital completely changed that is all, like wow. some of my relationship with her and not Dude, like we had awesome. a terrible one, but we haven't got to see each other much during this. Right. And then beforehand with our own lives, we just have grown more distant. We've been friends. We're sister and brother, but, um, this was wow. But, um, I had had her when I had the fever listen to my lungs because I was wondering what this fever was. And she said she heard a little something. And so I was thinking, well, just like she had thought, maybe it's pneumonia. Maybe it's bronchitis. Maybe there's a little something in there. And then it moved and blocked something. And now I can't breathe. And they're going to give me a, maybe a steroid shot or, you yeah. know, some kind of, I don't know, penis. I mean, I didn't know what they could give me. But my it'll fix it and then my lungs are good, then I'll be able to breathe and go home, and then maybe I need to take it easy for another week or a couple of days. That's what I was thinking. So they take me through the, the CAT scan, and I'm thinking, well, you know, God's got me regardless. This is annoying because I, I need to get back to work. I've got other things to do, and I know I'm not going to die, but I was more annoyed with the fact that I'm still dealing with this. But I know God's got it. Yeah. And, you know, fear tried to hop up right away yeah. and been like, you can't afford this. You're uninsured. Right. Uh, y'all haven't been, you haven't been able to work for a week and work's looking slim anyway. So what are you doing here? Why are you even at the hospital? And it's like, no, this was slightly important. Yeah. Well, I get done with the CAT scan and they're like, right away. Oh yeah. You got pneumonia. And I was almost like, oh, thank God. Something I've dealt with before in the past. This is dumb. I mean, but we know how to treat pneumonia. It must be pretty severe if I suddenly couldn't breathe. It'll be good. It'll be good. And uh, then they came back in the room a while later. Funny that it took them long enough to get the rapid response COVID test than it did to read the CAT scan, but whatever. And they come in there like, oh, you got COVID pneumonia. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> what's that mean and they're like well that's fancy yeah i was like i got Im i got imported pneumonia I mean, and i'm sitting there and at first they're like well do you know where you got it from china and i was like yeah, <laughs> yeah. have you been hold on have you it been was, storing that all day yeah <laughs> i've been waiting for that man i just get that actually just came it just popped out sorry it's the chinese yeah. virus yeah man. China virus. the thing was is i hadn't had <laughs> szechuan or new china city and 
like a month. So I was like, no, nah. <laughs> it didn't last. It didn't incubate that long in the in the chicken and rice and you know <laughs> bad egg rolls. But no, uh, they were like, yeah, where have you? You know where you got it? And I'm like, yeah, I went out looking for it, and I just was like, yeah, you want to make out? No, I was like. No, I was like, where do you think I got it from? I was like, well, let me put it to you this way. Um, I'd been working the week before, but things were a little slow. Then I spent a week at home with a fever that did not match, and any of the symptoms did not match up to y'all's list that has grown to include everything but constipation, and then they added that. So I'm sitting there like, I wasn't around anybody. And before I had the fever, I wasn't around hardly anybody but family. And nobody, none of us had it. And I was like, and then on top of that, I spent a week home. So didn't quarantine 10 days now, maybe. And then if the old one was 14, so I wasn't around anybody. And then all of a sudden I can't breathe. It's like I went from, oh, maybe I shouldn't go to the store and, and possibly give someone else a fever to like, you know, direct Wuhan case one coughed in my face yeah. and, you know, gave me some of their blood or something. And it's like, no, I said, I have no clue where I got it from. Well, were you wearing a mask beforehand? And I was like, everywhere a mask was applicable, which I did not want to get into an argument with <laughs> because when they wear as someone who was in the hospital and as someone who was around the people that were treating people in the hospital. Mm. And oh, by the way, some of them still get it. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. But in everybody's symptoms is different. I'll That's say yeah. that. But That's science. That but is true. yeah, but as the people that were treating me, you it, did they wear the little blue masks that they hand out at Kroger in the hallways when they weren't away from around somebody? Unless they had been specially fitted for an actual N95 mm -hmm. or a primary full mouth nose respirator. And then when they entered the room, everything had to be single use so they could remove it. And then they had a belt-mounted, battery-operated breathing apparatus. Mm -hmm. It's a filtering system through 3M that then runs a hose up their back, and they have a spring-loaded hood that goes over their head, leaves their ears out, and they have to anything that touches the ears has to be swabbed down. That's so they can use stethoscopes, and it makes it a little easier to hear. The ones that are a little more scared, even though you can't get it in your ears, as far as I know, um, they'll put their ears inside. The problem is, is it's constantly cycling air. So you have like air blowing in your ears now. So now you got to scream at everybody. But you're inside this mask. So it makes it a problem. Um, that's what they wear just yeah. to get in the room. And they don't want to touch you. So as far as a t-shirt sleeve or someone's old socks or something cut up and wrapped around the face. <laughs> it ain't doing it. People's boxer shorts I've even seen. And no, they ain't going to do nothing. But yeah, if you can smell anything through it. Yeah. I, 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 my first response to this was I was like, they're like, oh, at my last job, they're like, oh, wear this thing that my cousin knitted. And it was a pattern for a cloth one. And I was like, look, dude, nothing for nothing. If you put that on, you can smell fried chicken or farts. It it, <laughs> it ain't going to help you. It just ain't going to help you. It's All it's going to do is keep you from sneezing or coughing on somebody, right, yeah. but to an extent. Because if yeah. I sneeze, it's hard. I'm gonna blow, I blew that thing off my face. Yeah. In my own truck, because I was trying it on, and it tickled my nose, and then I, I snapped one of the earpieces. I was like, oh, this is useless. You know, if I actually needed it, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, um, it was a bit of a mess, but try to bring this back on point. Um, they told me, they're like, well, the difference between the two, one's viral and one's bacterial. That's cool. I know about viruses, know about bacteria. 
the viruses are harder to treat and they morph and they do all things and all these things. And I'm like, okay, so what's the plan? And they're like, well, see, with bacterial, no, normal pneumonia, your lungs kind of fill up, kind of like a bucket, generally. Um, there's different types, but generally you get fluid, get mucus, mm -hmm. and then as you recover, your body digests it, breaks it down, eventually gets it out of your lungs. If it's horrible, they have to drain it, but that's rare. With viral, it goes into your lung like a bomb and explodes, metaphorically. And all these spores or whatever, virus particles, go all through your lungs. So it hits top, bottom, back, a lot of your lungs in your back. People don't know that. So everything gets coated. So when it hits, you've got nowhere to breathe. With normal pneumonia, the bottoms, you're short of breath, but the bottom's filling up, and you still can breathe off the top. And if it gets to where you have to go to the hospital, you're starting to run out of some top room, and that's very severe. That's rare. With this, it just hits. And it may slowly build, or it may just hit instantly, which is what happened to me. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. So now will you said the C word that's in the news all the time. I'm guessing I'm not going to be around some people for a week, two weeks. And they said, it'll depend because we got to get your blood, your oxygen up. You got to, you know, check some things. So we're sending you to the big hospital because we can't do that here. You know, they can do minor stuff, but for longer term treatment than a day or so, you know, they really just got to send me. So off to Lewis Gale, I went and, that was probably one of the more emotional parts because I was like, I know you got this, God. I was expecting to go home today. I was thinking, shot, some medicine, maybe have to wear a mask, actually, from the doctor's order or something, but go home. And the last time for over a week and a half or so, till Christmas, I'll put it that way, and I was admitted on the 14th, um, the last time I get to see my family, my wife, my mother, is because they're loading my hind in in the back of the ambulance, griping the whole way. God bless them. Um, and there's only two dudes. I was like, y'all should have brought help. But um, mom and Jennifer ran and got behind the ambulance. No, I didn't get permission. Didn't go through. No, just ran back there. And the two dudes weren't going to say anything. So they're waving at me and crying and trying to smile. It's going to be okay. I know it's going to be okay, but I don't want to leave y'all. That sucks. I don't want to sleep alone. You know, just as long as I've been without my wife and I married my best friend. It was three weeks when she was in Havana on study abroad. And that was its own kind of hell, to be honest. It was terrible. So I'm thinking, well, this is going to be maybe two, hopefully not. Maybe 10 days. Who knows? So they take me in and uh, take me right up to cardiac uh, ICU. That's their COVID floor. As I'm being wheeled in and carrying what clothes they had, I had, uh, they let me keep my boxers on. I guess they didn't want nightmares. And, uh, <laughs> they got to see all the rest of my fur coat everywhere, but they put me in this gown. I, I thought I didn't know they, the one they sent me in, just to be honest, didn't fit. If I'd had to stand up, it'd been bad news for everybody south side. But um, so it was basically like a blanket tucked right here at the edges. Mm -hmm. And then they actually put a blanket over me, and I'm like, all right, I'm fat. 
and I and I'm hot blooded, and you just put this hospital blanket that's meant to keep you warm, and I'm sitting over there like you're trying to boil me alive <laughs> while you're putting oxygen on me, and if yeah. I start sweating oil, I know oil ignites with oxygen. Oh come on, just take this blanket off me. But it's good because I wasn't flashing my boxer shorts there, buddy. But they're wheeling me through ICU, and I'm like, why are they taking me to cardiac? Ain't nothing wrong with my heart, and. That ended up being just what they were using at the time. That's where they had room for people uh, with COVID. And uh, I'm looking in windows as I'm being going by, and I'm like, all right, that person looks rough, but they're awake. That's good. And I see, like, three bigger dudes, but bigger dudes like professional member card holders of Krispy Kreme don't work out really good thumb muscles from the clicker. Yeah. And those dudes are all face down, not moving. Oh man. Respirators. Oh, wow. wow. And almost uh, the highest percentage of deaths are people that are chemically induced coma on a respirator. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, they ain't doing that to me. Huh. I, they might have all this oxygen, but they could rip that off. And I know I've got at least five minutes to beat everybody in the room. <laughs> And I can do it before I hit the floor and pass out. <laughs> so they ain't going to hit me with a that needle and put true. me out. And I asked them every time they brought medicine, what's that? What are you yeah. giving me? Because I'm, yeah. and so they brought me in my room and they're like, okay, we're going to do this. And oh, right away, we need to know uh, do you need to or do you want to sign the DNR? So I think everybody knows what that is. Oh, but yeah. For, yeah. for anybody that doesn't, do not resuscitate order. If you should temporarily pass away they're going to make it permanent by not doing anything right because they believe that you want them to not you've signed a legal document now they're asking this well sorry they're asking this while i'm just now getting enough air to breathe and i'm just coming in the room and the only other medicines other than some regular uh, iv nutrition they were giving me because they said i was depleted um I mean, this really isn't the time for legal counsel. Right. You would think stabilize, discuss. First thing you would think, yeah. hospital. Yeah. And Save my at, life. Like I'm, yeah. yeah, but I'm in the yeah. hospital. And I'm like, all right, doc, uh, I get it. I know you have to ask that. I'm 32. I plan on having kids. I'm happily married. We just bought a house. Anything and everything except for turning me into a woman <laughs> do if it's required to get me up. Come yeah, on. I hear you. Bro. I don't care if you got to bring car jumper cables in here. There you go. Something do well, it. Yes. Please wake me up. I mean, I, I know God's got this, but should that be necessary? Do it. Do it. I was like, I ain't signing. No. Mm-mm. I'm like, okay, okay, we just had ass. Okay, fine. And then after that, they continue with care, and you're like, great. And the short version of CICU, nicest nurses I ever met. I got to meet the guy over infectious disease at the hospital, a man that looks like a doctor, age, the way he carries himself, the way he talks, wonderful Hindi gentleman. I'm trying to remember his name right now, but he, when he came in the room, you're like, this guy knows some stuff. And it's like, what's his title? Oh, yeah, I bet he knows all the books about that. Like, he's just, he, that you could tell, and like spiritually, and also just in his normal action. 
and then I'm, most of the doctors I dealt with, one was a little, he just seemed skittish. I thought he was rude at first, yeah. but I watched him and I think he was just really scared. So he was the way he would come in a room and leave a room and talk to you. And like, he was kind of curt and short with things. I really think it was more like, I don't want to be in that room. Like he w- wants to be the one on the glass window, hitting the button and be like, beep. You doing all right in there? <laughs> Blink I mean, once, give me a thumbs up. Oh, you're yeah. good. That's exactly who I want gotcha. to talk to in my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's that's the way he acted, but like eventually he kind of warmed up. So ICU was great. Minus having to uh be hooked to hoses all the time, get blood drawn at uh four in the morning, uh, not being able to sleep. So for the first time in my life, being on sleeping medication, and they found out that I need such so much melatonin, they won't prescribe it, even though it's natural. So yeah. they were giving me something like Ambien. Yeah. So I got to, um, that required a little more prayer because for the first time, I'm uh, hallucinating. Mm. I'm having vivid dreams that mm. aren't from God. No. Yeah. And then on top of that, waking up and still seeing stuff for a little bit until I kind of made myself snap out of it. I've never done this in my life, but, uh, conditions, the amount of fear that was in that place, that's trying to take you over every minute of the day, uh, on top of logistically, I'm, a, I was as wide as the bed. So I have a Cali King at home all the way. Now I'm shoulder to shoulder in plastic. It's not great. And all these hoses attached to me, I can't rip these IVs out cause I could bleed out on the floor and they're giving me blood thinner. Um, my limit of, you know, I'm normally do what I want and go to church and serve God and lift weights. Now I have to be real careful to get to a sink to try to brush my own teeth, but I can't get any of this stuff wet because it's vital. That's this electronic. If this peels, I can bleed. Thank God again, little provisions, you know, little breath to get to the door, able to be awake when they said I should have been dead or at least unconscious. Right. Had I been unconscious, they'd have probably put me on a respirator. And I believe God would have brought me out of it, but that never was even a conversation. Mm-hmm. And have, being able to have legal conversation when I really shouldn't be. And then they go, well, we can do, give you blood, tra- uh, blood plasma transfer, <laughs> but that's a blood product. So, you know, it's coming from someone else's body. So I donate blood. I don't care. Does it work? Oh, yeah, it works. Give it to me. Oh, well, everybody on the floor is waiting for it. And uh, we don't know when it's coming in. We don't know supplies out of state. We don't know. Okay. So I prayed. Next day, they're like, we got some coming in. Should be here in like four days. Already been here three. Four more. This is like every moment I'm counting minutes on the clock. Like I'm so bored. And then it's also the enemy's constantly trying to torture my mind. And I'm like, no, I know who I am. I believe in the report of the Lord. I know I'm the heel to the Lord. I know that it is illegal for this to be in my body. And I know that while it is not illegal for me to fight, it's illegal for me to lose. Amen. Wow. And Amen. so I'm sitting there like, no. And while I have my phone and I made sure that could, I could get to my charger, and I'm glad I have a phone that lasts two days on a charge. I'm sitting there. I wake up. I'm doing 714 prayer. I went and I'm like half asleep, drooling. But I'm like, get this eye open. And I'm going to re... Oh, the brightness is too bright. Too bright. All right. Download. Yes. Open the file. 
and I'm reading my prayer and then going right back to sleep. And I'm getting up to try to eat and I could eat plenty, but I always had to order extra food. I had a cell phone. I could use the direct line instead of through hospital line to get hold of food services. Another little bonus there. So thank God for that. And then uh, I'm playing Eddie James. I'm playing uh, Clint Brown. I'm playing Israel Houghton. I'm sitting there getting my praise and worship. And that was one of the most humbling things because I like to sing. I couldn't carry a tune. I could barely mumble something and I couldn't breathe. Mm. And and then on top of that, knowing how to produce sound, if I can't make the note right, I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to provide something to my God that's not excellent. I know if you can't sing, please make a joyful noise. Yeah. My stepdad does it all the time. Yeah. And God, and God loves it. If that's not a gift you got, please still try. My yeah. birth father couldn't sing, but it never stopped his praise. Yeah. But if you can sing, it's just a little extra. You know, all that is, is yeah. the, the enemy trying to make you feel unfit for duty. Yeah. Doing I mean, everything he, he, can, he can. If he can get you in the mindset of you're unfit for duty, that means you can't be in the ranks. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And that's a coward move. Yeah. Because yeah. that's how I got retired out of the military is they said you're unfit for duty. Mm-hmm. And hearing that, I, part of me was like, heck yeah, I'm out of this craziness. Part of me was like, man, I was trying to go overseas when y'all did this to me. And then part of me was like, I just lost my identity. Mm-hmm. That's Yeah. So I get you, man. And that, and that really was one of the biggest things as far as like my identity that was getting hit right. was I couldn't sing. But I did have some moments where I'd remember, did you put your armor on today? I was like, I never took it off. But I'd stop and pray. God, I put on my full armor of God. And it's like, you know, I can't sing right now. I still got my faith. I still got my armor. He's still my rear guard. Thank God I ain't got any boxers on. I need a rear guard. Right now. <laughs> I need some. Right Dude, that's that's part of that thing God put in you, though. Yeah. That's, Come on. that's like that's that's what we all love about you and we see in you you have that thing that you've already cut your teeth man you've got that that reliance like yeah you've got that resiliency that you know god's definitely got you man he's got you every step of the way but he put the tools in you also to be able to take care of yourself in situations where most would have gave up most have been laying face down in those respirators. And that's the thing is like, we all got Christmas day and it was like, Jason hit us up and said, Hey, we need to talk to Ben. It's it's Christmas. Yeah. And it was like, all right, it's time for rubber meets the road, man. We got to talk to Ben. We got to remind him that he's not alone in this. We are with him. And like, this is the army assembling with you. Yeah. And saying, we're going to push through this. We're going to pick up our shield. We're going to pick up our sword. And God is our rear guard. We're going to push through this yeah. thing. And we're here with you every step of the way. Right. And um, because even at that time, like Tanya got it. And like Tanya felt the same thing you did. That whole stripping of the voice. Like she started second guessing things. I mean, I got, I mean, Daniel saw me actually get really and i'm about to say yeah. something not very biblical but i got very pissed yeah right. i had a moment there 
where I was like, all right, God. Well, you like, got, like, that, that's biblical. Uh, it's it ta- is. That's table it flipping. Is. Well, that's table flipping. It's biblical. table flipping. Sometimes and, you're John just flustered. Right. Right. Well, let me put it, let me put it like this. And this is what I, I heard whenever you were saying, you know, you were in this place. I heard, I walk, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right. I shall fear no evil. Right. And then I heard the reason you should fear no evil is because you're singing a praise to God and you're singing a praise to the cadence of the kingdom. And you're calling kingdom down in that place where death is thinking he's ruling and reigning, but the heavens are going to part and open that place up. Amen. Like, that's the thing is like, you carry the kingdom. Yeah. You carry. That's what these broad shoulders are for is you are carrying the kingdom. You are that. You are not just a soldier. You are a catapult. You are the one who are like, you're not just like, fighting the enemy you are destroying the walls the enemy is trying to place out in front of you which is why he can't take you out which right. is why you're sitting right here you can't be stopped well Dude, in the that- physical <laughs> in the physical honestly that that's where because i i could tell the enemy couldn't really shake my faith yeah and and yeah i have the kind of faith that when i pray i expect the answer now if i pray for healing I mean, I, I know God's already healed me. I know yeah. he's already provided for it. So I'm just accepting that gift. Yeah. And so if it doesn't happen this moment, then the enemy tries to bring doubt. Right. But I also know my God's never failed me. So Amen. if it doesn't happen this you know moment, it's like, okay, well, it's coming. And I don't know when, but you know, if one dude had to wait till he was over a hundred to have kids, then I don't plan it. It's not going to be that long, but, yeah. uh, but it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be soon and i know i also live in a a, an ex, a church that is an extreme blessing zone Amen. And i also know i have a family Amen. blessing of accelerated seasons yes and so i knew all this and so when that would rise up that just got squashed so his a lot of the stuff he tried to attack me with right away was physical so like the singing like the dirty underclothes and but at the same time things that God had prepared me in was he's always made me a problem solver. And so work site, football, school, anything, it's like, okay, what do I know? And can any of this be applied? And can I figure this out? Little things like that could be held. I can't sing, but can I declare? Yeah. Right. That we were doing that I, on the phone with you. Well, man. can I declare, do I believe the report of the Lord? That's my right. question. So I'm going to say it with my mouth and believe it with my heart and yeah. know it in my mind and I'm going to actuate all of it. So I'm going to do what I can until I can do more. I think what Bob said earlier, that people focus in on, you know, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, people focus in on death. Yeah. The word I like to focus on is through. Yeah. Not even though I stand at the entrance and never enter into the valley. True. It's, it's through. You got to go through it sometimes. And, Jason got us a book. We're going to discuss that later. But I did get a quote out of it I want to share. So you already started reading. Come on, yeah. man. I, I'm read, I read three books at a time. I, but, I'm in chapter five. But, but it says, it's it's a book by Steve Miller, um, but it's a quote by Dale uh, Carnegie. It says, inaction breeds doubt and fear. Mm. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit at home and think about it. Go and get busy. And I'm just thinking, like, you, you mentioned those guys on respirators. 
Yeah. And you're like, that's not going to be me. That's not me. You were still active when you, you were trying to sing. If you weren't singing, you were declaring, um, you know, the report of the Lord. Um, I just, I think that's, that's key. Well, action key, is man. vital. Like, action is vital in the yeah. kingdom and action is vital in the physical. I, I, yeah. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Um, they get, I end up getting that plasma when they said it was going to be four days. Then they came back. It's going to be two. Of course, and it then is. that evening they go, "Hey, it just came in." I said, "So am I getting it today? Guarantee you're getting it today." I did. You don't get guarantees. No, we're Not getting the hospital. We're getting. Oh yeah, no, they always try to talk in loops so they can have a way out. But, I'm sorry, no speak English. Yeah, the, the, Bro, what? But they ended up bringing me when they brought it. I thought they brought me a bag of urine. Is what plasma kind of looks like. Yeah, Cloud, it's cloudy, but I get that. So now I'm getting that in an accelerated time. And when everybody else is waiting for it and thank God, when I got it, I believe there was proximity blessing because the rest of the four that was waiting also got it. So Amen. praise God Amen. for that. That's it. Calling down kingdom, man. <laughs> well, and within a day or two of me taking it, I can't remember exactly which I went from, I'm still this whole time, 30 units, liters, whatever of oxygen within a day or two of getting it. Now I can take the mask off and I can breathe and talk. And I'm, I'm, my breath is working. And they gave me this little spirometer thing that you got to blow in to work on your lung volume. And I start off at like 1,200. And I've used one of these before and maxed out the five grand and held it. So I know that I can do that. But I'm like, this is disappointing. It's like walking into the gym and being held down by a 10-pound dumbbell that I know I could chunk across the room. It just was, it was annoying. But I'm like, all right, well, they said this. I got to do this. This is something I can do to get me out of here. I'm going to do this all the time, every time I can think about it. And I don't care if I'm slobbering on myself. I'll wipe that off and do it again. And I went from right away from 30 to 15 units, and then from 15 down to 10. And and then yeah. sometimes 12 and then back to 10. And then they were like, all right, well, room opened up. We're going to get you down to, up onto the fifth floor. That's the COVID floor. And uh, I was like, can I walk around up there? They're like, oh, uh, maybe, but uh, you can't. In the ICU, you can't leave your room, so you can walk around your bed. And I was like, oh, I've got like five feet of lead. I'm gonna walk around the end of the bed and try not to trip over and yank the machines down. But fast forward up to the fifth floor, and you know, as soon as I get there, foot starts hurting. I'm like, no, I don't know what this is. I'm going. I'm. I'm. I'm going to be fine, and I just need to walk. That's all that is. I've been in bed too long. And the first nurse I meet that night, my IVs are getting ripped out of the top of my hands because I have to sleep on my stomach, which I naturally do anyway. And I'm like, look, they're bleeding under the tape. And they're really supposed to be changed out every three days anyway. These have been in for nearly a week. They purge and check them every day, but still, you're supposed to redo it. She comes in and accuses me of yanking them off, yanking on them. I was like, I haven't. And I was like, literally, if you look, and she's like, don't touch them. And she's yelling at me. And it's treating me like a criminal, like I've done something. I'm like, I'm telling you because they're in major blood sources and they're bleeding. And they're the tape is all the way off this one on one side. And I can see the stem coming out of the vein. Like I'm looking at it. I know what that is. And she's still treating me like an idiot. And then her response after they kind of tape things up. And I found tape in my room. Another, I'm going to fix this. I taped more. And it looked like crap, but it didn't get ripped out. <laughs> Her response was, well, this is a COVID floor. You'll find things work differently here. 
Mm. Oh, so you're, so, and the enemy immediately was like, "Oh, they brought you here to die." Man, that spirit, right? They brought there, you. They, man, it's like floor. they brought they brought you here to die. They brought you to the place where they forget people. And I'm like, I'm here. God's here. I'm gonna get out of this. Yeah. If I gotta get up and run out of here, and they gotta try to tackle me, then I'll do it. But I'm gonna be fine. Yeah. I was like, you shut up. And so mm. eventually, I get new IVs. Eventually. All these things that are nagging me, like the bed is hurting me. It's too old. I, it's too small for the, what wasn't made for my weight. Um, I get to meet the lady that runs all the nurses. Why? Because I didn't respond in hate. I responded in love to everybody I met. And they immediately worked with me more. And they got me to where I could walk. And then I'm walking all the time. So I'm seeing everybody in the hallway. And who do I meet in the hallway? The lady that's over all the nurses, whose picture's on the wall. And she gets me a new bed. She gets the filtering system for my room checked and fixed. She also gets them to check the hot water that wasn't working in my room. Wow. So now I have a wow. bed I can kind of sleep on. Yeah. Fast forward there, I'm getting checked on more. I don't have that nurse that was treating me like that. I'm getting better care. I'm getting to ask nurses. I got to ask one in the ICU. I felt led. But I'm getting to ask nurses while they're in there. I'm like, hey, I know I'm in here and this doesn't look great. Can I pray for you? Is there something you need prayer for? Oh, wow. And some would say, yeah, just in general, you know, it's, I'm worried. And one lady was pregnant and she's still working as a nurse on the floor. And, uh, wow. Fast forward That's more, crazy, man. fast forward more. I get to meet a dude who's a believer, attends elevation in Radford and he gets brought in no oxygen, but he's and then coughing his lungs out. And he's afraid to go from his bed to the chair. And they're like, will you talk to him? Like, you've been walking. Like, they want in the natural. And they're like, well, you, you know, walking's helped you. He needs to walk. And he needs to use a spirometer. Yeah, I'll talk to him. I was like, dude, God, God's taking me through this. And he's going to take you through this. He goes, oh, I'm, yeah, I, I believe in God. And I was like, you do. I was like, okay, well, then you know who you are. You know who you are in Christ. You know that you walk in divine health. You know that all this mess. And the lady tried to pipe up the nurse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Faith's important. I was like, no, faith is vital. I was like, in faith in Come God. On. I was like, I was <laughs> like, dude, you know who you are. And you know he didn't bring here to kill you. You know he's got promises for you. So I get to minister with him. That leads to God telling me, walk with the guy, which means shuffling instead of walking like I could. I walk with him. He's progressing. We develop a friendship. He tells me that had I not talked to him, and he had been praying, he didn't think he was going to get out of his bed. He wasn't oh, going to wow. even try. But because he kept walking, he got let out the same day I did. He came in like a week after I did. Wow. He got let out that morning. He stopped by my room because he wanted to walk one more time before they released him. Wow, wow. that's awesome, and dude. That, that, that is occupied. Really wrapping it up was I was laughing in prayer on Sunday night when we all went up there. And because it just kind of all came together. And like, uh. The enemy tried to kill me, but every step of the way, whether it was a blood clot they found in my lung that they said could have killed me, I never even felt it. Didn't even know it was there. And then the one that was in my foot, which is why my pain was hurting, my foot was hurting, pain went away. All that broke up. Uh, they never rescanned me for my lung, but they're like, your oxygen levels are great. You know, we're going to send you home. They still want me on a blood thinner. And I'm still arguing with them to take that off because it's preventative. They don't know, but they're just trying to follow their books. But the devil sent me in there to die. And what ended up actually happening was I spent more time with God. 
I got to get rid of some of the pitiful prayers that tried to come up, and I got to find that there was slack in my chain that needed to be fixed. Wow. So me and God worked on that. Issues that I had been either ignoring or not really noticing got handled in my marriage, in my personal walk. And then after that happened, I get to fellowship with a dude on the floor. I get to pray for this lady's son who's having what? Anger issues. <laughs> I get to pray for him. Never got to meet him. Get to pray for him. And I wrote him down, wrote it right down in front of her. And she's, I was like, I'm not going to forget this. This isn't like, oh, I'll pray for you. Thoughts and prayers, good vibes. No, I'm going to write it down. What's his name? We're going to pray. And so that happens. Fellowship happens. They get to see every day. I'm like, I know God's with me. He's taking me. How are you feeling today? I feel great. I'm ready to go home. I was like, God's working me through this. And God, yes, use some medical stuff. Yes, use some treatment but also had several definite miracles. So he used both. So he can use either, but he used both. And then at the end of it, while I'm up there praying, being prayed on, back a little while back, I'd been prayed for, and one of the signs was my right hand started burning. Literally felt like it was I remember that. Yeah, me too. But that, and I had both hands up Sunday night. My left hand lit up. Oh, dude, that's so awesome, when I dude. feel the spirit of God, yeah. now both hands are burning. So he didn't kill me. Me and God worked some stuff out. So I got to fellowship with some people, and now I got what I said called it a sword in both hands. And so when I see now, mm, I was hit in January, beginning of the year, and everybody's oh, 2020, all this stuff. I got hit in January when everybody was still had hope, and then he tried to hit me at the beginning, and he tried to hit me in December. All through, and I, you know, I got to miss Christmas. I got to do all this stuff. Still got out before the end of the year, but then as I was writing that down, I was like, "He hit me in January and December, but God is the first and the last." Yeah, amen. Oh, like, yeah. Like, hey, that's man. covered. And I was that's like, the, and, and, and honestly, when it came to it, it's like dude, this was the enemy's plan trying to do this, just like he tried to take out Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. Jesus let them take him, mm-hmm. just like when. And I'm nowhere near Jesus, but just like when I allowed, I was like, all right, God, I'm going to follow wisdom and go in here. What's really happening there, even though the enemy will try to distract you, is you're letting the enemy, thinking he's using his plan, chauffeur you to where God wants to take it. God knew I needed to get to these places, and he didn't give me COVID to get there. But he took the enemy's plan, flipped it on its head. Yeah used it for his glory, used it to help other people, brought me out of it stronger. And now I can look back and I'm not like, oh, I'm, I'm traumatized. I need medicine. I developed PTSD from being in the hospital. No, no, I came out better. I came out, I got to see pro- profit from it personally and for other people. And I got to see how God was like, all right, you're in pain in the hospital. Well, now he's going to meet Cecily and he's going to pray for her son. Now he's going to meet her and pray for her for her worrying about being on the floor. Now he's going to be there and and talk to to Chris Bridgers and re, and hold him up, a fellow believer in the faith, you know. And now he's going to go home. And now when the doctors check me, they're like, "Oh, we were worried about your blood pressure, but now we see you don't have blood pressure issues." <laughs> and now we were worried about this. And oh wait, what are you doing at home? Are you are you taking it easy? I said, "Well, you know, I've been loading trucks with tools and." I've been working in my garden and I've been doing 
normal stuff. And, you know, y'all said blood thinners would bruise me. I'm not. I scratched. I didn't bleed to death. The nosebleeds I had from all that oxygen, gone. Um, The bruises that I'd have from holding things, nothing. I had my backpack full of tools carrying cord, uh, a thing full of extension cords and a table saw. No bruises, no marks. All I'm doing now really is rebuilding my calluses. Yeah. Amen. God is awesome. God is, God has got it. Well, do you know what that was, man? That was like in Luke 19, 13, God said, occupy until I come. Yeah. So he was pretty much putting you on a deployment. Like you said, he flipped it. He flipped the attack into an opportunity and uh, he he deployed you into those areas. Mm-hmm. And it was like rule in the midst of whatever. You fill in the blank. If you're going through a hardship, like a debt, a bad relationship, COVID, whatever, rule in the midst of that. And territory is, I mean, territory, you can think about real estate all you want, but your body's real estate. Amen. Your mind, right. the throne of your heart. Come on. You were yeah. occupying you were you were uh, overturning the occupying force, amen. And, and a, lot, yeah. a lot of those people, and you were healed by your obedience. Yeah, yeah. Every I obedient agree. thing that you did. Yeah, anybody would have said you would have died. Healing you for doing what God had, well put on your heart to do. Yeah, I feel like you were healed well, by and, obedience. And a might real quick. In the world's eyes, get rid of the rest of it financially. I didn't get to work beforehand. I didn't get to work that whole week. And definitely didn't get to work while I was in the hospital for two weeks. And work's been thin since. And God's opening that up. Mm-hmm. He is. Yeah. He's opening that up. And he is, Fully. even if it's Amen. been day to day or week to week, he is providing for all of us, for everybody in the business. Amen. And yes. even those that have had to been have to step aside for a minute, he is providing. He is making the way. Yeah. And as someone who didn't have insurance, never needed it. When this happened, when I took on this job, I, I got rid of my insurance that I had through my other company. It was ridiculously expensive. And as someone without insurance that I had people say, what are you going to do with that hospital bill? I was like, well, Dude. while I was in there, they, there's this program that's supposed to cover this attempt. because it's COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, this thing, well, you know, this is getting handled with this person and they're going to do this this way. And God's opened up windows. He's opened up little things every moment I've needed it. Even the medication that, by the way, they want $850 a month to fill out of pocket for what's basically like super aspirin, but they can charge you that much because it's name brand. Um, I've been, I got the first three weeks free. They gave me some samples here recently and they said, if I need more, they're going to give them to me. Now it's been opening stuff up. He's been saving me money in places. I've had finances that I wasn't expecting to come in soon, come in. I've had other stuff work. I've had stuff work through the, with, with, through the company. I was able, I was the only, as a man worried about paying my first mortgage. I just moved into a new house. What happens by the time it comes around? Oh, there's the money. Okay. Hey, um, I know you can wait 15 days. It won't be late. I'll pay you on the first paid radiology called me. Oh, we don't work with those programs. So you're going to have to pay these out of pocket. But if you pay in the first 30 days, we'll give you 50% off. Okay. Well, I want to be diligent and I want to be a, a good steward of things. Let's save. God brings in the finances. Guess what? Radiology's paid off. Amen. Dude, that is all, awesome. All, all of it. So financially, where the world would be like, oh, that faith stuff and that healing stuff could be coincidental. Um, yeah, you had a good attitude, whatever. Um, but what about the money that 
thing that rules too many people. Come on. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. you mean that tool God uses at times for things? Just like car and house, these tools. <laughs> and I work with tools all the time. Okay, well, God's going to bring me my drill. God's going to yeah. bring me my table saw. He's going to bring me my, the money if I need it. And I'm not going to waste, and I'm also going to look for every opportunity to earn. Amen. And what has he done? He's been faithful. Oh, and this entire time, for anybody who, this I have no patience for. Every bit of increase that has come into my household we tithe. There and I don't tithe yeah. 10%. I find out what it is, and then I round up. Oh, and when the speakers came in the house and deposited so much from God, yeah, what did we do? God said, tithe this, uh, give this much, more than I'm used to giving. Okay. Boom. Oh, Jennifer gets another check in the mail from school loader, a couple hundred bucks. Oh, well, that's going to cover this next bit. Oh, because now we've already given to Rick, to Apostle Rick. What about Pastor uh, Goff? Yeah. Oh, there it is. There's your seed. Wow. Guess what? I'm going to sow again because I'm reaping. I'm going to sow again. So yeah. for anybody that's like, oh, I don't know if I can let go of 10%, give me a break. 10%? Yeah. Dude, yeah. that's, that's government gets start. start. Or like, it, that's <laughs> the 10% is mandatory, but and, oh, I can't really give. Or I'll, I'll give the speaker that just spoke into my life and gave this revelation. I'll give him five bucks. Okay, well, uh, guess what? Someone who hasn't got to work for nearly a month that the enemy tried to kill, that has literally had to have God come through on everything. I All I did was I followed what his law says yeah, and yeah. what his promises yeah. says, and he's faithful. Yes. Amen. Amen. And how much glory did that provide for the kingdom? Dude, Amen. all the way through. That's that's it all him. So, so I I have done nothing. So good. I have earned nothing except for what he says is mine. And what he says is mine, I claim. Amen. And he has been faithful this entire time. So I, it's God gets all the glory. Amen. Every moment. Amen. And, and, and so. you're, Amen. you're, you're still you, in God. the you're still in the occupying force ability to control and rule the territory. Every step that you took while you were in a very grim situation for what people would look at from a worldly view, you stole the ability for that occupation to take place. Right. Yeah. You completely stole it all in the name of God, like through God, you, you took control over that situation. And once a occupying force can no longer control the territory, it's just the enemy again. Yeah, that's all it is. It's yeah. not an occupying force anymore. It's just the enemy. Dude, we got deeds. Yeah. They're they're trying to occupy. We have deeds. And what, something the Lord told me right before all this happened was this whole fight with the enemy and with COVID. This isn't a fight. That's right. He's already done that. This right. is an eviction. Yep. Our yeah. declaration is an eviction of this occupying force. And it's like, look, we own this. We've been gifted this. Wow. Dang. You can't stay here. Not only... Can you not take it? You got to go, period. You can't pay. You can't beg. Bye. So. Amen. That's Amen. so good, dude. That's, yeah. Gosh. I, I've got like. <laughs> 30 pages. I've got so much <laughs> that I just want to just explode, but I'm not going to. Uh, there's no way I could share everything because I know we don't want to keep, you know, everybody here too long, but. I did um, promise to try. Try to be sure. <laughs> no, you're good. There's a lot I didn't tell y'all, and there's a lot I probably shouldn't say because it's 
It's just silly physical stuff. But. No, that was that was amazing, and I think that's that's what people need to hear right now, man. Like we've we we've, we've had you know us encouraging people, and we've had our own experience with COVID, yeah. but it's been kind of limited compared to something like that. Yeah, and right. to show the depravity, but also to show the extreme blessing and everything that God provided in His is healing on your body, all the finances, everything that was taken care of, everything that the enemy threw at you was null and void by God. And even greater than that, God went above everything that you sowed, everything that you've been doing. And that's because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And that's what we are stepping into in 2021. We are the diligent. You know, For our listeners that are listening to this right now, we want you to know that you are diligent. You are those that are standing in the gap in your city, in your state, in your nation. You are the difference maker. You are the one that's off the bench. You're in the trenches, and you're doing exactly what God has called you to. And if you are sitting here listening to this, whether it be in the morning, at night, whatever time it is, and you're questioning your identity, you're questioning what's going on, I've been wrestling with COVID. I've been dealing with all these symptoms or I know a loved one that passed away and it's, it's just completely robbed my faith. Take heart because Jesus has overcome it all. Amen. And the one that sits on the throne in heaven is the same one that wants to sit with you at your coffee table in the morning. He's the same one that wants to sit with you at the bedside of somebody on their deathbed. He's the same one that wants to sit with you in, in your prayer time, in your business, in your church, everywhere that you go. You cannot outrun the love that the Father has for you. And that we know that even in Romans 8, that neither height nor depth nor angel nor demon nor things present nor things to come, no power has been made that can take away the love that the Father has for you. And we want you to know that so that you can continue mission right where you are. This night that we're recording this, this day that you're listening to this, you need to know you have the power and the authority to overturn the occupying force in your life. Yep, and uh, I'm going to close it off with a scripture here. I don't know if we need to revisit this later, but, I mean, you got a ton of notes. I got a ton of notes. There's so many things. Dude, I didn't you, even get I, the scripture. Dude, we didn't even, yeah, there was so much we didn't get to talk. We might need to do another, uh, like, a part two of this, but. I still want to um, go into the Israelites. Yeah, man, man. exactly. And <laughs> like, I just and I'm going there for just one verse to close it out. Do because your thing, bro. Our 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 logo, Charlie Mike's logo, um, in the book of Nehemiah, chapter two, verse twenty, it says, uh, "This is Nehemiah speaking." I answered them by saying, "The God of heaven will give us success. We, His servants, will start rebuilding." But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. And if you in our logo says it all, we got the sword, sword, sword in one hand and, and hammer in the other hand, and we're bi- building the kingdom up. I mean, that's what Amen. we're doing, and and you can too. Yeah. Anybody listening to this, you are a part of that. Yeah. So, um, and when, while you're fighting, you will encounter resistance. I mean, just listen to Ben's testimony. Um, but we're not cowards and we're not going to compromise 
and we're not going to sign peace treaties with the enemy. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Say Amen. that again. Say that one more time. We're not going to sign peace treaties with the enemy when it when it comes when we're challenged because you're going to be challenged. Yeah. You got people. We talked about it last week. We're going to get people that try to shame us. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get people that try to. Oh, you know. You need to do what the, everybody's telling mm -hmm. you to do because no, they're experts on something they've never encountered before in That's their right. entire life. Mm -mm. So, no, I'm not going to sign gotta a peace treaty. You make sure you only talk this way so you don't offend anyone. Yeah. No. Right. Nah. No. Nah. Father God said you had to go. That's right. Yeah. Hey, That's right. That's right. Like, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not, like, trying to quote a certain president, but there was a president who once said, we do not negotiate with terrorists. Right. Amen. And so, therefore... We were not given a spirit of fear. We will not do it. Amen. We Amen. will not do it. There is nothing you can do against us that God can't sit here and do even better for us. Yeah. Amen. So he's yeah. working in all things. Yep. All yep. things. And that's why there's success. That's right. So, all right. Who wants to close this out tonight? Ben, you want to close ben, this out? Rock and roll, With my prayer. brother. Oh, with prayer. With prayer. I got a couple options here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Father, I thank you for so much. I thank you for my brothers in this room, for my brothers and family that aren't. I thank you for your goodness and your grace, which by no means let it be thought that it's only mine or that it's only certain people's. It's everyone's free to everyone, everyone listening, everybody. All they have to do is receive it. So thank you, Father. And thank you for an opportunity to share what you've done, all that you've done and all that you've provided. Thank you for hope for everyone who needs it. And thank you for a reminder for everyone who's forgotten who they are. I ask that you bless everyone in this room and everyone listening with faith with hope, with love, with finances, whatever's needed, only you know. But most importantly, remind them of who they are and whose they are. Thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to share your glory. Thank you for many more to come. Thank you for all that you have planned. And for me, but more importantly, for everyone else, for this podcast, thank you, Father. We honor you, we bless you, we put you first. And we look forward to every assignment that you have. Equip us for it and help us not to miss them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.